Okay, go. Okay, here we are. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Margaret. I'm Bridget. And uh, welcome to the Sylvania Gals. Uh, this week, we have another guest, a fellow Sylvania gal, actually. She is, <laughs> she is my niece and uh, Bridget's cousin, Lauren. Well, and, and Matt's, Matt's and sister. And Matt's sister, yes. She's the wedding that is coming up in, in September. So, and uh, she has lots to talk about herself, though. Uh, welcome to the program, Lauren. Podcast. Podcast. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Gals, sorry. Gals. <laughs> I guess uh, one of the things we start with is, like, what's your COVID experience been like? That was, like, where this all started. Yes. I guess there was rough parts for everyone, but I think it was a lot better for me than most people. I'm not going to lie. It was kind of nice not working since I've been working since I was 14. (laughs) I baked a lot. I read a lot. I realized I like staying home, (laughs) which typically I'm like, you know, the person who's always going out doing something. So it was nice learning that about myself. And, you know, with all the cooking, obviously, uh, Joe, my fiance who I live with, is he was even busier when all this happened at work. So he was working 16-hour days. So me being able to cook, we changed our diet. We went plant-based for a while. I tried a lot of new things. Definitely expanded his horizons. He's a meat and potatoes kind of guy. So Are you are you on a diet right now? <laughs> uh, No. So we stopped doing the plant-based diet. I still do some plant-based days, but uh, I'm... Staying off the grains, just trying to be more conscious, really. Went back to doing the paleo diet for a little bit, which is the complete opposite of a plant-based diet. <laughs> right. Uh, but now I'm just trying to keep it balanced. Yeah. I guess it's mostly paleo still, but trying to make sure that, you know, the meats we buy are local meats. and Yeah, not a lot of chemicals. Right, yeah. Keep the chemicals out of the body. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Makes sense. Yeah, but uh, so you uh, waitressed for how many years did you waitress? Actually, uh, this month it was 21. 21 wow. Yeah, I started when I was 14. And how many different places? Hmm, a lot. Yeah. I, I had multiple jobs at one time. So there's places that I was at for a while. Like one place that I stopped when the pandemic happened. I was there for eight years. But I also worked other jobs while I was there. Some that were more full-time jobs and then other that were more part-time so i just feel like you could do a whole podcast just doing waitressing experiences like... oh, yeah we would need hours <laughs> <laughs> so you but know interesting thing with the pandemic is i did lose three jobs in two days right so that must have been pretty difficult yeah i mean that... at first it was a shock to the system honestly i didn't know what to do with myself i'm not good at being bored <laughs> yeah. right it sounds like you managed though I did. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just curious, like, what you learn about. I mean, you must have seen every type of pe- person in every kind of situation, in every kind of emotion, being a waitress. So- Absolutely. I've learned how to read people, which is helpful. You know, a lot of people come to me for advice about different things, and I learned how to handle different people from all walks of life you know i've worked in places like i worked in center city in a super fancy place where um my co-workers are people who live in you know southwest philly so right. it's from one extreme to the other you yeah. definitely meet a lot of people it's very interesting oh what what's like the most outlandish thing someone did it's so outlandish you can't pinpoint one thing because It happens a lot in restaurants where people will treat the employees like servants instead of servers. And it kind of blows your mind. Like, it doesn't matter 
who it is. I've seen multiple different types of people do this, but they just want to be able to boss you around. And, you know, you smile and nod and move on with your life. I think that's most of retail, honestly. I don't think that's strictly waitressing. <laughs> mm. I feel like I don't know anyone who would be mean to a server. I guess I don't know that. Right, because you want, you want good service and you want good food. Like, I'd be worried to yeah. kind of treat the person who's bringing my food out meanly. <laughs> Do people, like, like do weird right. stuff and to the food? Yeah, so on the flip side of that, I've also worked with some people that I'm like, how could you ever provide service like that? Because, you know, these people are out to have a good time. Like, you go out to a restaurant when you want to meet up with people and have a good time. And you're just, like, completely ignoring them. You're just asking for basic things. So I've seen it from the staff and from mm. the customers. I can't say it's just customers. Most people mm. are generally great. You do see those handful of not-so-great Right. Who are the biggest tippers? <laughs> oh, God. Like union workers. People who work all day, like moving around, like construction guys, mm. cops. Uh, cops. Yeah. yeah. Firefighters. Yeah. That whole really? genre. Of, mm-hmm. I want to expect that because you don't think of a cop as so- someone who's wealthy. They're not. None of these guys are. Yeah. They just take care of people. Right. And, who and would... you know, I have a lot of friends who fall into that group, too, and they're just, you know, extremely generous. I used to work in a bar, uh, bar in Port Richmond. That happy hour crowd that came in that was just like the union guys. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I made so much money there. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and like all I did was pour beers. That's it. I didn't have to do anything fancy. <laughs> yeah. Not a real fancy part of the city. No. <laughs> One thing I will say about waitressing that surprised me, like applying for jobs, is that people don't tend to respect the per- profession. And like you really learn so much working in that industry. Like mm. you learn how to deal with people. You learn how to work with, you know, customers, vendors. You learn all kinds of like organization and time management skills, like real world experience kind yeah. of stuff that yeah. translates to other jobs. But people think it's just kind of like... <laughs> they see it as something like teenage girls do. Right, exactly. Yeah. But like, it really, you know, lots of life skills you get. And life experience, too. You know, there's a whole culture around the restaurant industry, so... And, and why do you think you enjoyed it so much? I just think because I like people. Right. I still enjoy it. If it was, like, a job I could work 9 to 5, so I wouldn't miss everything... I could do this for the rest of my life. Right. Maybe not the rest of my life. It does take your it's toll on your body, too. But I do like dealing with people. Right. But you have to work the dinner hour when everybody, <laughs> when you right. want to just well, have dinner. Weekends, during... You know, you miss birthdays. You miss holidays. Yeah. Yeah. And I also really like science, so. Right. Yeah. And you have a new job now. Yeah. So tell us about your new job. Well, have you started? I haven't started yet. I'm doing all the on- onboarding stuff now. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to be working as a clinical research data specialist at Fox Chase Cancer Center. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, so, I'm working actually on lung cancer trials. Wow. Yeah. Well, so. that's uh, that's relevant for us, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but the woman who I interviewed with who runs the team recognized our last name. Uh, oh. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. And my mom's also really excited because it's right around the corner from her house. <laughs> She's like, we can get lunch and go on walks. <laughs> right. And this is what you were studying, I assume, too, right? This is right in the same yeah, area. Yeah, uh, my program was clinical and translational research. So I was definitely going to work on clinical trials. Uh, I don't have much experience, so this is, you know, 
not what I want to be doing, but it'll get me where I want to be doing. Well, that's cool. Very cool. You see every aspect in clinical trials. That's what I like. You're dealing with people, but you also get the science. So it's a good balance. Yes, you're you're one of the best people person I know. <laughs> yeah, I like people a lot. <laughs> I was actually thinking that doing this podcast, so like they're gonna have to cut me off at some point. And be like, all right, we're done. That's enough. Fun. Stop talking. <laughs> Yeah, well, one of the things we were talking about was uh, your trips to uh, Wales. Well, why'd you go there in the first place? We were wondering. Okay, I'll try and make this story as short as I possibly can. But uh, Joe's brother got married in Cancun. So all the family was flying down there. There was a snowstorm in Philadelphia. So they didn't think people were going to be able to make it to the wedding because Mm -hmm. they were going to get snowed in. Fortunately, everyone did end up making it. But before that... They were going to get charged more for people not being able to make it than people actually coming to the wedding. So we were inviting strangers on the resort to come (laughs) to the wedding, and we met this Welsh couple. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So then, I mean, it was one of those things everyone made it to. They didn't come to the wedding. They said they walked by, but we just kept running into them. Like everywhere on the resorts, we hung out, and uh, they're world travelers. They go everywhere. So that following summer, they came to visit us. So they had been to Philadelphia to visit us, I think, twice, and then we planned the trip to go out to see them. So we did Wales-England uh, for a soccer match and Benidorm-Spain. And hopefully you guys will meet them at my wedding if they're allowed to fly. <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like they will be. I feel like... I hope so. I mean, it seems like they're taking longer to lift restrictions than we are. Well, is Wales looped in with England? Yes, Oh. Yeah, it's because, part of um, Great Britain. Yeah, the EU said they would let vaccinated people in, I think. England's not in the EU anymore, right? Yeah. So, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> what a mess, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. So, I really hope they can come. <laughs> well, we'll see. It's a, This is going to be a big affair. How are the plans going? I'm excited. Yeah, how are the oh plans? Oh my gosh. Planning a wedding sucks. <laughs> well, aren't you not supposed to do it? Isn't, isn't... Well, I'm really into like, you know, all right. So the stuff like booking a photographer and DJ, yeah. and, like that's all pretty annoying. But, you know, I did it <laughs> eventually, mostly because it was like, OK, if I don't do it now, we're not going to have one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, like I'm very crafty and so are a lot of the bridesmaids, like Joe's mom made all the centerpiece pieces for his sister's wedding. So I decided to make them for our wedding, but we have a really, really big wedding. I'm sitting in my office right now, staring at about, I don't know, at least 20 boxes full of vases. (laughs) Just just this project. (laughs) How many people you invited? Oh, right now I think we're at 283. Yeah. I, I remember that number. Yeah. I think most of them are probably coming. <laughs> well, that's so um, they told us when we first booked the place, expect 20% of people not to show up. And then when I talked to the wedding coordinator, after they started lifting restrictions, she's like, I'm telling you and all of the COVID brides expect everyone to show up. People want to get out. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, good. No, <laughs> we want everyone there. We wouldn't have invited them, you know? We both have big families. We have a lot of friends. Joe has a lot more than I do, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that should be fun. Yeah, a lot of people are looking forward to it. Oh, and are you going on a honeymoon? So, yes, but because I'm starting the job, which, I mean, we planned this already because we were hoping I'd be starting a job, but uh, mm-hmm. we're going to push it back to next year. 
so I don't have to take off too many days right when I, you know, yeah, get my foot in the door. That's kind of you. But we don't know where we're going. We know it will have a beach. <laughs> yeah. Actually, well, I didn't take off. Yeah, I got married during the semester, and I didn't take any time off. I we I waited till the mid semester break. And you did not go to a beach, did you? No, we went skiing. Actually. No, oh, the opposite. Yeah. yeah. We're we're definitely beach people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't like going to the beach in the winter. I mean, I like the beach, well, but if it's a warm place. I, yeah, well, I mean, this is off topic, but, you know, in the winter, I like to embrace the winter in the summer. Okay. Anyway, so. Oh, no. See, like, I'm all about embracing the summer, but in the winter, I want to embrace the summer, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Joe said. He was like, it's the end of September. Like, why would we go anywhere? It's going to be beautiful. He's like, let's wait till March, That's and then we'll go somewhere. <laughs> so, what do you enjoy most about living in the city? Oh, my gosh, there's so many things. Mm. I've always been a city girl, but... I just like that there's always something to do. And, you know, like, I walk outside and I'm waving to a bunch of neighbors. Yeah. yeah. Now I like walking around to places. That was more of a Joe thing before, but I'm embracing that. Yeah. So, it, really cool. Uh, last weekend they had a neighborhood-wide yard sale. There was over 300 houses in Fishtown that participated. So we were just wow. wandering through the streets, going to all these different houses, yard sales. <laughs> yeah, that that kind of stuff I, is really cool, I think. And I, you know, I, well, I had a yard sale phase where I, I went to yard sales all the time. Well, they did that in Lewisburg. So I love them, and Joe doesn't understand. <laughs> yeah, you yard sales are fun. He's like, it's really somebody else's trash. Like, they're going to throw it out if you don't buy it. I'm like, yeah, but what if it's not my trash? <laughs> right, you get some great deals. <laughs> I'm with you. I love them. I brought all your clothes at yard sales, actually. Well, kids' clothes especially. Yeah. Like, they wear for Oh, months. so my friends were saying that. They love them for their kids' clothes and toys. Right. Kids Which clothes. makes sense. They grow out of them so fast, you know? And, like, what do they wear them once before they sprout up again? And they get bored of toys. Like, you know, they'll play for it with a toy for, like, a couple months, and then they're bored of it. So right. yeah, put it back out in the yard sale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, it's a great system. Well, that sounds pretty cool. And you like walk into uh, the little coffee shops, I assume. And Yeah, we have one right up the street that I love getting breakfast there. Like, we'll only do it every once in a while because Joe will still get something remotely healthy. But I'm like, no, I want the cannoli stuffed waffles. <laughs> 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 we actually got them on Sunday. Man, those things are so good. <laughs> yeah. And they give you a free mimosa while you're waiting for your food. Wow. Yeah, I'm not sure what diet that refers to. No, there's no type of diet that's okay with that. Yeah. (laughs) So you've always been a city girl. Why'd you go to Penn State for undergrad? Okay, I'm going to tell you the truth, and no one is allowed to laugh at me. Okay. Uh, The year that I applied to Penn State, (laughs) they got ranked the number one party school in the country. (laughs) By Playboy Magazine, of all people. But, um... (laughs) Apparently, that's a pretty prestigious list to get on. Well, Buck's so. on there. <laughs> yeah. So, did you, in, did you enjoy Penn State? Well, I guess uh, you're not the only one from our family that has gone to Penn State and really enjoyed it for that reason, I think, huh? Yeah, but I think I'm the one that took the longest to graduate from Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're finally on your way. It doesn't matter. The path you're on is the path you're on. Hey, by the time I went back to finish my undergrad and, like, you know, went for the master's program, I was a diligent student. It reminded me how much I actually like school. (laughs) 
with getting the job, Joe told me I wasn't allowed to, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to go back to school again until, you know, I find, found a place that would either do tuition reimbursement or it's <laughs> like, oh man, I guess I have to get a job. <laughs> and so since we were just talking about this, what do you remember from your time in Japan? <sighs> what do I remember? So I'm going to say this first, just because me and Matt were both, uh, we were just talking about this, but, uh, <laughs> In Harajuku, there was, like, right when you got off the train, there was a little crepe stand. And they were the best crepes I've ever had in my life. Oh, boy, I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't, I mean, that's not my fondest memory, but since I was just telling the story, (laughs) I figured I should bring it up. (laughs) So I, I, I guess we should talk about why I brought this up and why we were just talking about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Sorry. I forget that, you know, people don't know. (laughs) Yes. So in 2001, before Bridget was born, actually, when I became pregnant with Bridget, I was Bridget was I was already pregnant with Bridget. The family went to Japan for seven months. We left. Yeah, because of dad's work, research opportunities were over there. And we left June 1st, I think, 2001. And Lauren came in August. I guess you were 15 and she was going to be like our au pair. And I, I think you were the uh, first one in our family to know that about Bridget. She wasn't even Bridget then, but <laughs> you were right. The, yeah, I, I told you when when you arrived, you wanted me to do something. I sort of remember you wanted me to buy something, and I'm like, well, you know, in a couple months, I'm not going to be able to wear that anymore. And that's oh, when I yeah, told I you. did try and get you to buy a lot of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> So you, I know you did my hair in cornrows because uh, we have the. So picture. that was going to be uh, the next thing I said, memory-wise. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my favorite pictures too. <laughs> right. Were you nervous about coming to Japan? Oh no, I was pumped. I remember, like, I know you asked a couple people before me because you know I was like the least responsible option, which is fine. I I know I was. <laughs> Yes, but everyone else had like other commitments and I I remember my dad calling me and saying if you had the opportunity to go to Japan what would you say and my response was when do I leave <laughs> like I didn't even think about it I'm like yeah I didn't know what it was for I just thought it was like a hypothetical question and then he explained it <laughs> like for vacation or something yeah, <laughs> yeah. well I, I'm not sure that I thought you were the least responsible well, I was that you younger were- yeah, you were younger than your cousin Emily. Yeah, you asked her to go. Right. Yes, I probably. But you were so wrapped up in your friend group, I felt like. Like, oh, at 15, yeah. I felt like you didn't, you weren't going to leave your friend group. And I guess I just misread a 15-year-old girl at that time, or how adventurous you were. But, um... Well, yeah. no, I think that that is also very true. I was really wrapped up in my group of friends but you know once you hear that spark of adventure i'm still like that i'm like where are we going what are we doing (laughs) so that was a yeah i remember that was a big thing to set up but you made it i did make it i and i i was telling bridget about you arriving and uh you know us all come taking the train out to the airport to pick you up and how excited the kids were to see you oh my gosh that was like such a surreal train ride (laughs) <laughs> just landing in Tokyo by yourself. 
at that age, I'm like, oh my gosh. And then like everything that was going on around, I'm like, we're taking this giant bag on a train. Like even just the little things that like happen over here too. <laughs> yeah. It was very interesting. We were talking about your your effort to do remote schooling and how. Which okay. I just thought that was crazy because I can barely do remote schooling now with all the technology. So your school also is much better than my school was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. my school doesn't even exist anymore. It was already slightly on its way out. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the teachers realized that even if my schoolwork wasn't impeccable, the life experience I was gaining was more than what I'd be learning in the classroom anyway. So you actually went to some college course, right? Courses. I did. That was cool. Oh, my gosh. Did I ever tell you the story about how I didn't get into AP US history because I wasn't there that year? I don't know. Uh, well, like you had to get a recommendation to get into AP and the teacher who I had remotely wouldn't give it to me because she said she didn't know me. Because, well, you know, my school did block scheduling. So you only had the teacher for a semester. So it wasn't like I had her when I came back. You know, I didn't I didn't know her at all. But I said that to her. I was like, I went to college history classes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, not that I was taking tests or anything. I might have exaggerated a little bit, but I really <laughs> wanted to get into that AP class. <laughs> and she wasn't, she didn't budge, huh? No. Well, I hope it wasn't, that wasn't uh, give you any regrets for going to Japan. Oh, not at all. I just like the teacher. I had him for a history class before. I ended up taking like an AP government class instead. Oh, that sounds like you. You like your, you take history with the history teacher you like. Yeah. yeah. I'm still friends with him. I'll randomly see him. He's a runner. You know, we bond. <laughs> yeah. Not that I actually consider myself a runner, but. <laughs> so when you were in Japan, which, uh, we, you were in two places, right? Tokyo and Kyoto. So which, uh. Which place did you like better? So, there were certain things I liked about both, but I think I would say Kyoto. Is Kyoto a big city? Not, well, Tokyo's like... Well, I know Tokyo. No, well, no, Kyoto's not. It's a city. Comparable to what American city? Well, I don't know. Lauren, Philadelphia? One's New York and one's y Philadelphia? Yeah, I guess you could say New York and Philadelphia. That's like a big city. Yeah, it still was a big city. Well, so, like, in Tokyo, we lived in Tokyo. So you were kind of, like, right there. You jump on the train for everything. And, like, Kyoto, you still could get around everywhere, but we didn't live as close to, like, the actual city. Right. We were out a little bit. We could stretch our legs a little bit. Where right, we... yeah. Still but had... it was great, you know, like, still, you know, still ride your bike to the grocery store and all that stuff. Right. We did a lot of bike riding. Yeah. And And we were, you know... On a pretty busy street. And we were really close to the subway station. I, I feel like we weren't that close in Kyoto to a subway station. But no? I Yeah. I, I mean, remember, I'm pretty sure there's a picture of me. I thought the subway system looked so cool down there. Like, just in the hallway. There's, like, a picture of me just in the hallway, all excited, like a little kid. <laughs> right. I guess I, I mean, I was young, but... I don't know it just looks cool <laughs> yeah and so and then you came back from japan and uh well we all came back in early 2002 and when did you get your first waitressing job was it shortly after that so i actually had the waitressing job before i started there when i was 14 it was a so it was a byob place so you know you like can't serve alcohol until you're 18 mm -hmm. but that's how i got around it but my mom's friend's daughter was the manager of the place right 
So I was able to leave, come back, and store. Let's see. What about your experiences with mutters? The Tough Mudder? What's it called? The Tough Mudder? Yeah. It's a race, right? Yeah. So it's a... Uh, Oh gosh, I'm gonna get the miles wrong. It varies a little bit, but it's like a it's like a military mud run, usually around I think 12 miles. But I actually did it with Matt. Right. And yeah, there's all kinds of obstacles you do. I did it with my CrossFit gym, and Matt came with. So you know, I was definitely not in the best shape <laughs> as everyone else on the course, but <laughs> it was fun. Well, so that actually. That tough mutter that I did was how I started dating. Joe, my fiance. Really? Yeah. So uh, afterwards, my mom and my friend Aaron came to watch us. And afterwards, we ended up going to, well, we stopped and had dinner. And then we ended up going to a bar that is back around here. And the Tough Mudder was in, in like the Lancaster area. So they give you these orange headbands. And they're like, very distinctive. Uh, it's for the Wounded Warrior Project that they raise money for. But then we end up at this bar back in my neighborhood at the time, and Joe was there, too, and he's wearing one of the orange headbands. Oh, and so I was wearing an orange too. headband, and then he was like, you did the Tough Mudder? Like, bit of a shock face. <laughs> you know, I don't exactly look like the type to do a Tough Mudder. <laughs> but, yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, so you run through this 12-mile muddy course, basically. And, and And how long did it take you? Oh, gosh. Our times are still out there. Matt's picture is actually on their website. Him yeah. jumping into one of the, like, ice baths. It's a great picture. You jump into an ice bath at the end? Yeah, the it's beginning? like a big, uh, like, shipping container. You jump, it's filled with ice water, and you swim the whole way. For us, it was, like, the hottest day of the year. I think it was, like, felt like 108 degrees, so everyone, the ice bath was not that bad. <laughs> what but that they also, like, oh. there's, some of the obstacles have electrical shocks. What? Yeah, that's, there's like a half pipe you have to run up. Sounds like, um, what's that? No, American Ninja Warriors. But they don't shock you. It's similar to that, I guess, with the obstacles, but it's it's more running. Like, you run yeah. from one obstacle to the next. Yeah, right. Like, one of the obstacles was is you had to carry a teammate for, I forget what it was, like, maybe half a mile on your back. So, like, me and Matt carried each other. We were, like, the closest in weight. So you carried Matt for a half a mile on your... You'll have to confirm with Matt that it was a half a mile, because now saying that out loud, I feel like I wouldn't be able to do that. But it was definitely for a good good bit of time. Right. <laughs> that was the best shape I was ever in in my life, though, so... <laughs> I would say so. I don't think I could carry a person half a mile. I don't know, yeah. Yeah, half, half a mile sounds far now, but right. really carried him. Right. <laughs> Are you still with the same CrossFit gym? No, I haven't been going to a CrossFit gym. I keep debating whether I want to get back into it or not. Mm. They can be very, I mean, I enjoyed it, but they can be very clicky. And I, that's fine. I mean, I made a ton of friends, obviously. You know, I was only at the gym for maybe two months and I was doing the Tough Mudder with them. But I do like that style of workout. It's just hard to start at a new gym like that. And they're also really expensive. For something I could, I tell myself, like, you could just do this in the park. Yeah. <laughs> But the problem is I don't do it in the park, so maybe I should go back to the gym. <laughs> right, yeah, having yeah someone there expecting you to show up and do something makes right. a difference. Yeah. yeah, and at least the one I went to, like your membership, like you pay for, because they need to have trainers there for every class. So you pay like for however many days a week you're going to go. So you make sure you get there when you can.
So are you going to be uh, working remote with this new job? No. Okay. I'm going into the office. You were just saying how the pandemic's over. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, my 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 job's not going back anytime soon, but I guess for the most part, things are getting back to normal. So can you see a big difference in the, in the city, in Philadelphia, if life is getting back to normal quickly? Oh my gosh, yeah. The difference between going on a run down here three months ago to now is insane. Mm, Like, everyone had masks on before. And now, like, you maybe see a couple people with masks on. Outside, not inside. I'll tell you, I went to the Y. I was, I felt weird wearing a mask in the Y. Oh, a lot of people weren't? Oh, yeah, just about everybody. One guy behind the desk. Mm -hmm. And, And what gets me, I'm really frustrated about this library thing. Yeah, I know. I am too. The library's still not open? No, they're not. I'm so frustrated. You cannot go to the library and read a book. Even if you were wearing a mask. Like, you, if you just want to sit in the corner and read a book with no one else around, you're not allowed. Someone said, uh, someone said on Nextdoor that July 6th, they're going to open all city offices and implying that's when the library... But out here in the counties like they made no announcement like you can go to the library for 15 minutes to pick out a book and that's it it's not ridiculous oh, so the last that i saw with the library thing was you had to do like the book pickup like so i have a library down here which i understand why they weren't letting people in our library it's like a row home the fish Town library is so small <laughs> right. but like the one in abington i'm a member of too the one near my mom's house and that thing's huge yeah yeah, I mean, you're, they let you in. I mean, you can go in, but you can't stay. You can't sit in one of their chairs and read a book. They'll chase you out. Man, that's annoying. I used to live in that place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I went to Penn State Abington, going to the quiet room at the Abington Library was less crowded than going to the library on campus. Right. So I would just, I mean, it's only like a couple blocks from there. I would just leave campus and go to the Abington Library. Yeah, I mean, they're good resources, but... Um, I'm well, sure. yeah, I want to go, because I'm taking a summer class, so I want to go and just sit and have the air conditioning, because there's no air conditioning. Not good in, in our house, so I... Yeah. But I can't, but I could go to the Sixers game. Oh, yeah, you can go to the Wells Fargo Center <laughs> with 20,000 so other people. It's <laughs> so bizarre. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. You know, there's just no money. There's no money in the library, so you know. <laughs> I, but even like, uh, you know, Joe's siblings have children that are all pretty young, and his mom was saying something like, "This pandemic happened. Like, they don't know how to interact with other kids because usually at this age, you're taking them to the library to do like." You know, the kids' yeah. book reads and stuff like that, and they right. can't do that. Well, I think, you know, I did look at our local library, and they're they're having, they're trying to do that stuff outside. At least they're doing something. Yeah. For the kids. I do. I feel bad for the kids. They're like, oh, my gosh. Like, Joe's one niece, when she was able to get out again, Steph, like, had to teach her how to, like, use the mask, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, because uh, she, she'll be four in November. Mm. But then it was like... Every, like, I don't know, couple of hours, she's coming up to Steph with a mask, like, can we go to Trader Joe's? <laughs> what? <laughs> she would ask, like, specifically, go to Trader Joe's, like, just because, you know, it was something different she got to do, <laughs> rather than playing in their yard or walking around the block. Right. Yeah, for kids that age, it really is going, yeah. As someone was saying this weekend that her daughter teaches language in the Philadelphia schools, and 
it's really tough because if you're teaching language, you know, English as a second language and you can't see, the kids can't see the teacher's mouth as they're saying the words, how are they going to learn the language? Like, right. that's part well, of it. Well, should get one of those clear maps. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the solution is. No, I, Mount's musical. They did the musical in person, and all of the actresses had, um, like, a clear mask. so you could Like see. one of those shields? Yeah, but, well, but it would, like, went around their face, and it, I think it was tighter than one of those shields. Yeah. yeah. They have the ones that are, like, you know, it's the actual surgical mask, and then that part where your mouth is is just, like, a clear plastic. Yeah. yeah. The speech pathologist, when I took, um, you know, my mom there, they would have one. Oh, I haven't seen that. That might be a little scary for small kids, you know, like, ugh. Well, and I was thinking for, like, English as a second language, like, that plastic, it allows you to see the mouth, but it's still going to distort it. Like, part of learning a language, I think, is being able to see, like, the, you know, like, the shapes that your mouth's making. Yeah. And with the plastic, it, you know, you're not really going to be able to get that. I don't know. I'm going to ask Tap when I see her because right. oh, she'll yeah. know. Maybe another potential person to have on the podcast, huh? Yeah, she, she could tell you a lot. We can't just have all of their family. Well, they're interesting people. They do things and they have. <laughs> and we like to talk. Well, what else do you want to talk about, Lauren? Okay, we're at 42 minutes. Okay, well, it looks like we'll have to edit some of this out anyway. We try to keep them. Well, 35. I, I knew we were going to have to. Didn't I say that? I know. <laughs> well, we'll see you on uh, Sunday. So we'll we'll catch up on anything we missed there. The, the, yeah, the definitely. Summer. Shame we can't do a big group podcast on Sunday with everyone. Maybe we'll just, you know, let the uh, let the recording go for half an hour, you know. On Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'll have to do a lot of editing there, no doubt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been fun. I hope you enjoyed it. This has been fun. Thanks for having me. Yep. Well, thanks for coming on the show. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody.